2: This is Metro News This Morning, bringing you this morning's biggest news headlines from across the state.
3: It is Monday, May 10th, 2021. Good morning. I'm Chris Lawrence, and we're ready to get your workday in West Virginia started. And you up to date. The weather today, light rain and unseasonably cool temperatures will give way to some afternoon sunshine, but remaining rather cool today and actually all week long. We'll have more on that forecast coming up in a moment. Right now, let's get up to date on what's been happening in West Virginia news at the Metro News Anchor Desk this morning is Jeff Jenkins. Jeff,
4: good morning. Good morning, Chris, and thank you. Sentencing is scheduled tomorrow morning in federal court in Clarksburg in the Rita Mays case. She was convicted last year in connection with more than a half dozen deaths at the Clarksburg VA Medical Center, patients who were killed. Tony O'Dell, a Charleston attorney who represents some of the fam- the victim's families, says the families are waiting for answers, they hope
0: to hear, you know, what her motive is.
3: I don't know that the family members are truly going to believe what she says.
4: Now, U.S. District Judge Thomas Klee did hold a status hearing in the Mays case back on Friday. A few issues were discussed, but it doesn't appear it will have an impact on tomorrow's scheduled sentencing, that begins at nine in the morning. You can read a preview story now at wvmetronews.com. Week two of the landmark opioid epidemic trial scheduled to start later this morning. In U.S. District Court in Charleston, Huntington, and Cabell County blamed drug distributors Amerisource Bergen, McKesson, and Cardinal Health for help fueling the opioid epidemic. Cabell County Commissioner Kelly Sabonia sat in on testimony back on Friday.
5: It's unfortunate that we have to be here. Um, I believe that people did not do their um, due diligence and their duty, and our um, county and our state has been um, adversely affected, and it's for generations to come.
4: Now Huntington Fire Chief Jan Rader was the only witness. I went back on Friday, actually, she was the second witness. They wrapped up one witness and then took Raider. but then the court ended before noon. Rader detailed the impact of the epidemic in Huntington in the 2010 to 2017 range. Part of Rader's testimony was about her time not only as fire chief, but volunteering as an emergency room nurse in Huntington during a time when opioid overdoses were common.
0: I try to make sure that I stay empathetic and compassionate. Uh, I don't ever want to feel jaded. And uh, my job is to help people uh, that need help and to save lives and property. And that's, I don't take that lightly,
4: nor do my firefighters. Raider was not cross-examined by attorneys for the drug distributors. Appalachian power crews are beginning the work week repairing damage left behind by a Sunday evening windstorm. Strong gusts cause outages in more than a dozen counties. There are more than 13,000 customers without service this morning, most in Kanawha and Cabell Counties. Power Company reporting just a handful of outages this morning. Going to be mostly cloudy today in the state with temperatures in the 60s, with temperatures to stay in the 60-degree range for most of the week with increasing sunshine in the forecast. Now, the National Weather Service recorded wind gusts up to 52 miles an hour in Charleston-Huntington yesterday. The gusts hit 49 miles an hour in Beckley. State lawmakers do back in Charleston today for one day of interim committee meetings at the state capitol. One thing lawmakers will be updated on will be a behavioral health numbers associated with the pandemic. State lawmakers wrapped up their 60-day regular legislative session back on April 10th. There are a total of six meetings set for today. The Committee on Special Investigations and Education Accountability Committees will meet at 10. A new meeting scheduled for the Joint Legislative Committee on Flooding. The Post-Audit Subcommittee meets at 1. The Joint Committee on Government and Finance will end things beginning at 3 o'clock this afternoon. Governor Jim Justice will talk about the latest coronavirus numbers today during a scheduled 10:30 briefing at the Capitol. We'll stream a feed of that live at our website, wvmetronews.com. The State Department of Health and Human Resources reported 405 new COVID-19 cases Sunday, no new deaths. Gilmore County schools, though, are on remote learning this week because of an increase in COVID cases there. Casa Delegates Majority Leader Amy Summers is this year's recipient of the Mother of the Year Award by the Anna Jarvis Museum. The annual Mother's Day Founder Festival was held yesterday in Taylor County. Of course, Taylor County native Anna Jarvis began Mother's Day as a way to honor her mother. The celebrations will continue today. For those associated with Mann, Williamstown, Shady Spring, and George Washington High Schools, after their teens won Boys High School Basketball Championship Saturday, GW won the first ever 4A championship with a so victory over top C Morgantown. Sophomore Ben Nickel hit the winning shot.
2: We just had the ball for a couple of seconds. Nothing was really going. Um, I, I took one jab left, uh, and then jiggle right, pulled up. Luckily got it over top and the shot
4: fell. Kyle Wiggs will have more in a recap coming up for coverage at WVMetronews.com. And you can see the games in their entirety. Metro News sports page on Facebook.
3: All right, thank you, Jeff. Kyle, we'll have a recap of those games from Saturday coming up in sports. Also straight ahead in our background are students at Greenbank Elementary Middle School in Pocahontas County. Got to enjoy an out-of-this-world experience in recent days. We'll tell you more about that as well. It's all on the way. Find
2: out what C West Virginia Outdoors is the Mountain State's only hook and bullet radio show. Dedicated to the more than quarter million hunters and anglers across the state, award-winning host Chris Lawrence has been tracking down hunting and fishing stories for more than 25 years.
3: We're uh, mainly a fly fishing group. A lot of guys in there are very conservation-minded. We're not a
2: trout-based kind of community which is what this day offers. Whether it's hunting and fishing news or just compelling stories about the enjoyment of the great outdoors. i watched this fawn. It had noticed
3: something in the woods and I thought, well, here comes the deer I've been looking for. The doe started watching and I look and here comes a skunk and this doe stomps the time out of this skunk and it sprays everywhere. I've got the best cover scent you can imagine right there, you know, for the rest <laughs> of the evening. You know, so.
2: West Virginia Outdoors covers it all Saturday mornings at 7.06 a.m. And for your daily fix, outdoors Today brings you two and a half minutes of news and notes from the woods and water every weekday morning on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia.
3: Kyle Wiggs will be on with us in a moment. Right now in our background our students at Green Bank Elementary Middle School in Pocahontas County had an out of this world experience in recent days as they were able to speak directly to an astronaut in space. In our backgrounder, Jake Flatley, tells us why so many kids are now setting goals to the moon and back.
4: November Alpha, one Sierra Sierra. November Alpha, one Sierra Sierra. From November 8, Romeo Victor. For scheduled school contact.
1: Uh, November 8, Romeo Victor. This is November Alpha,
0: one Sierra Sierra. I have you loud and clear.
5: That's Dylan, a young student at Green Bank Elementary Middle School in Pocahontas County, calling to NASA astronaut Mark VandeHei aboard the International Space Station on Friday morning. The school, which is located near the Green Bank Observatory that is home to the largest fully steerable radio telescope in the world, was awarded the experience through a program by amateur radio on the International Space Station. Students were able to ask Vandahai all sorts of questions as he was in signal range from horizon to horizon, including this one.
6: Hi, this is Jade. What made you decide to become an astronaut? Over.
0: The combination of mental challenges, physical challenges, as well as the opportunity to serve all of humanity and explore. Over.
5: And this question. Hi, this is Dylan. Have you ever lost contact with the base? What are you supposed to do if that were to happen? Over. Hi, Dylan. Uh, actually, very routinely, we
0: have what we call a loss of signal or an LOS where we can't talk to the ground control team. A lot of times it's only for 20 seconds, but sometimes it's, uh, uh, 10 minutes. Uh,
5: and if it happens unexpectedly, we do have a procedure to follow to try to reestablish the communication. The experience left students dreaming to the moon and back about one day being in space themselves and left a man out in the solar system all teary eyed.
0: Thanks for that. Really great questions today. It is a pleasure to talk to you. Have a wonderful day. Over.
5: For the morning news, I'm Jake Flatley. Over.
3: Over, Jake. To the sports desk now. Kyle Wiggs is in. Kyle, I tell you what. There were some exciting ball games all last week, and it didn't disappoint on Championship Saturday.
6: No, it didn't. We had a couple of buzzer beaters during the week. You're right, Wheeling Central winning at the buzzer, and, of course, Polka winning at the buzzer in the semifinals. And on championship Saturday, three of the four games came right down to the wire, including the first-ever Quad-A state championship game with George Washington getting a shot from Ben Nickel, 6'6 sophomore. He lined it up, knocked it down with 16 seconds to go. That ended up being the game-winning basket as George Washington wins the Quad-A state championship. 47 46 over Morgantown. Triple A Shady Spring wins the first state championship in school history with a strong second half, beating Wheeling Central 55 43. Class AA Williamstown won a boys' state championship for the first time since 1962, knocking off Polka 50 47. And in class Single A, another first timer, Man wins the Boys State Basketball Championship, closing the game on an 11-0 run in the final 226. Man beat Pendleton County, handing Pendleton its first loss of the year 43-36. Though so there are game recaps, there's video highlights, there's post-game reaction of all the games from the tournament right now. You can catch up on the whole week at wvmetronews.com. Spring season state championship events are next. The tennis state tournament, June 3rd through the 5th. State track, June 10th for single A, June 11th for double A, June 12th for triple A. State softball is Tuesday, June 22nd, and Wednesday, June 23rd. State baseball wraps things up between Thursday, June 24th, and Saturday, June 26th. So there still will be high school events once Classes are over for high school students around the state. The 10-2-3 Marshall men's soccer team will face 10-1-2 Georgetown today. In the round of eight of the men's NCAA tournament, Georgetown is considered the defending national champion as it won the last time the tournament was played in the fall of 2019. Marshall, of course, coming off that victory over top seed Clemson in the round of 16. Baseball, Pirates beat the Cubs 6-5, Reds and the Indians rained out Boston over Baltimore, 4-3. to three.
3: Thanks, Cal. Listen in this evening at 6.06 for the Metro News statewide sports line on Metro News Radio and streaming at wvmetronews.com. Now for today's commentary, here is the voice of Metro News, Hoppy Kirchable.
1: Chris, convicted serial killer Rita Mays is scheduled to be sentenced tomorrow in U.S. District Court in Clarksburg. Judge Thomas Klee will likely order that the 46-year-old former overnight nurse's aide at the Lewis A. Johnson Veterans Hospital in Clarksburg spend the rest of her life in prison. Mays admitted during a plea hearing last year that she murdered seven aging veterans and contributed to the death of an eighth by injecting them with lethal doses of insulin. The veterans died from hypoglycemia. Judge Klee asked Mays during that plea hearing, did you in fact do what they say you did? Mays answered, yes, sir. However, she did not explain why. And that is the lingering question. What was her motive? Former U.S. Attorney Bill Powell, whose office investigated the case and brought the charges, calls that the million-dollar question. She never told us why she did it, Powell said. Obviously, the families want to know, said Powell. I'm curious to know, but I'm not sure anyone's going to walk away satisfied in the end. Our Brad McElhinney reports that May's lawyers may have built an argument based on her military service. Her defense attorneys in a previous status hearing were focused on gathering records about May's mental health dating back to her 2003 deployment to Iraq, where she was a chemical equipment repairer with the West Virginia National Guard's 1092nd Engineering Battalion, McElhinney reported. Tony O'Dell, the Charleston attorney who represents many of the families of May's murder victims, does not believe that explanation will fly. He said, I believe we're going to hear that it's post-traumatic stress disorder. But he said we have a lot of veterans who suffer from PTSD who don't murder people. If the why explanation will be unsatisfactory, perhaps families can at least get an answer to the how question. How was Rita Mays able to murder eight veterans, and probably two more based on civil lawsuits, over a period of months without the hospital detecting something was amiss? The Veterans Administration Office of the Inspector General is expected on Tuesday to release the results of a long-awaited investigation. This report should... Shine a much-needed spotlight on the procedural breakdowns at the hospital that allowed Mays to carry out her despicable crimes. Odell said, The one common theme that runs through all of the families that I've represented has been just this tremendous feeling of betrayal by the VA that these families will carry with them the rest of their lives. Tomorrow will be the end of the line for Rita Mays, when she will likely be ordered locked away for the rest of her days. Hopefully for the families of her victims Tomorrow can mark the beginning of their healing. Chris? Thanks, Hop.
3: Hoppy posts his commentary weekdays at WVMetroNews.com, and also each weekday morning from 10 to noon there, you can see his show, Metro News Talk Line. Now for the day's weather. It's been a gloomy start to the work week this morning. Any light rain or drizzle in or near the mountains is going to end soon, and the low clouds will live. But then it's going to break for some afternoon sunshine as high-pressure builds. But temperatures Not going to be that potent. It'll only top out well below normal today. Despite the afternoon sun, we'll struggle to see 60 over most of the state and 40s in the higher mountain terrain. A very weak cold front quietly moves into the mid-Ohio Valley area overnight tonight and that'll produce some patchy cloudiness, but very little precipitation. There's high pressure that will gradually build in during midweek, but continued cool weather in a frost is even possible on Wednesday morning. Looks like the only weak weather system will affect the area later this week, and temperatures will start to moderate as we get into the weekend. And with that, you're up to date. Have a great day for Hobby Kerchival, Kyle Wiggs, and Jeff Jenkins. I'm Chris Lawrence on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia.
2: Metro News This Morning is an exclusive production of the Metro News Radio Network.
0: All rights reserved.